so sweet. So sweet. Super sweet. What's up, guys? <laughs> we're not starting the podcast like that. I know we're not. Dude, what's uh, up, guys? You guys are coming back for another weekly dose of Power Comedy Podcast. Here oh, with yeah. Mr. Nick Dorian. Yes. And myself. Mr. Michael Ramos. You had a thought about how to pronounce my last name for I, a second. I did for a second. It's been a long day. Shut up. I don't know where you're like, do I say it white or I say it <laughs> like, Hispanic? I don't know what to do. Or do I do it a little bit of both? A little bit of Ramos. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Well, today's going to be a pretty good episode. It's going to be a special day. Yeah. Uh, we have the CEO and owner... I don't know if that's the same thing, probably, uh, of Warfare Inc. coming on here in a little bit, or as soon as he messages me. <laughs> yeah, so. so we're just getting the show started while we wait for him to get on, and then... Um, and we're, we're fighting against the time difference, because he's in New Jersey, and we're in California. Yeah. So, like, was it like a three-hour difference? I don't know. Something like that. I was hoping he would answer that question for me. <laughs> but we can just Yeah, we'll, guess. we'll, we'll just guess. I'm going to guess it's probably like three... We, honestly, we can probably Google that shit, but... Probably. Why? <laughs> why? Why what, Google it? Anyways. Weren't we going to make that into a segment? Google that shit? <laughs> Google that shit. No, I heard that on a podcast, and that was really funny, so I thought about us doing it, but we Google shit when we really absolutely need to Google it. Okay. He sent me his number. Oh, nice. Do you want to... Is yeah, he ready? We're, we're using your phone. Okay. Hang on. Hold up real quick. Pause. Mr. Jimmy. What's going on, bro? What up, man? Uh, not much, man. Just walk through the door. <laughs> nice, nice. Guys, you are hearing Mr. Jimmy Consenza himself, Mr. Warfare Inc. himself on the phone. Oh, we're live? Yeah. Yeah, man. We're recording right now. Oh. Surprise. <laughs> Should have gave you that heads up. <laughs> well, eh, well, we kind of like to just jump into things. Yeah. I can tell for all the podcast. <laughs> so what's up, Mr. Jimmy? Welcome. It's good hearing hearing you for the first time. Yeah, finally, man. Been trying to get on for a while now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's scheduling, man. That's pretty much what what it's yeah. all about is scheduling. What's so. what's the uh, what's the time difference from here in California and Jersey? Like th- three hours. Three hours. Three hours. So okay. it's almost seven thirty for you. Yep. Dang. Oh, that's yeah, not too man. bad. 7.30, just walking through the door. You guys are, you know, I still got the rest of the day ahead of you. Yeah, we, we still got pretty much all day. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, like thinking to myself, guys, I still got to work. I still got to do all this stuff. <laughs> I, I still got to just go do my training. That's about it. After that, my day is done. But I, I don't get yeah, out of it. Did my training before work? Shit. You, you're, Up at 5 a.m.? You're more, yeah, you're a psychopath. That's why. You got to go when you got to go. That's true. That's true. Literally, that's that's life's <laughs> calling. When you gotta go, you yeah. gotta go. Since um, your kids, that's very true. Yeah, I I've tried waking up early for training, but it just it doesn't work out too well. Especially with what I do, though, because like you have to be fully awake before you lift heavy. Well, like, if you use notes torque, I think that I use notes torque, but it's like it only does so much. Oh, at your competitions, don't you take like four scoops of pre workout before doing it? Uh, he isn't. Uh, he, I sip it throughout the day, but he, yeah. He just drinks his pure <laughs> pre-workout during comps. When I saw him at his meet, he was. I'm like, oh, you drinking some uh, some BCAAs? He goes, no, nah, I'm having like four scoops of like pre-workout, and his hands are shaking the entire time. It worked. So I do that in the morning. 
See, I'm surprised they haven't made a pre-workout that just goes with coffee. Dude, they're probably going to make a coffee-flavored pre-workout now. I'm telling you, I will drink pre-workout in the morning. Want to know what's going to call, be called? Folgers. That's about it. That's that's Folgers. <laughs> it's coffee. I'd call it something way I'd call it something way better. I'd call it like uh get the fuck up. Uh, well, I mean, if that's the case, all you have to do is get a what a non-caffeinated one, right? They have ones that don't have caffeine in them. Yeah, but, yeah, but um, see, that's who, like, who, who has uh, who takes pre-workout and has and has a decaf? That's that's like robbing a bank with a BB gun. It just yeah, doesn't work. Right. It, it, it just doesn't work. I, I need the energy myself. <laughs> it just doesn't work out. You know the you ever seen that meme where it says, uh, "What do you call decaf coffee?" No, bitch tea. Ha <laughs> 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 So, anyways, um. Mr. Jimmy, uh, first off, I want to say uh, thank you so much for the sponsorship and everything that you send us, man. I really appreciate the shirt and the shaker bottle. It has been. Oh uh, man, you got more coming to you too. I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, oh no, I actually I, tra- I checked the tracking. It did get delivered today. So, Sweet. Yeah. So actually, um. So you owe me some shit. I do owe you some shit. Where's my shit at, Nick? I haven't gone to get it yet, fucker. You work at UPS. How do you? It didn't get shit. It got shipped to the. That's gym. what I told him. I said well, you could just intercept the package. God yeah, damn. you're UPS. I know. What's the point of working at UPS if you can't if you're not useful? Um, what the heck? Because someone, <clears throat> Jimmy. Sent it yeah, U.S. That's, postal, that's <laughs> so. so that's above your, that's out of your zone. Oh, that's shit. like the feds got it. They're pretty much. They're, that's out of your hands. But um, no, it got delivered today, and I'm gonna get it tonight. Right, cool. And then, yeah. You're definitely yep. gonna enjoy this package, bro. It's, Ooh, dope. it's real good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. It's like I'm it's so like, happy. It's like Christmas. It's Christmas every month. It's like. Ooh. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, so I have I have some really cool questions for you, Jimmy, to to ask to get a little sure, insight for the for the. You ready? Yeah. So go for my it. first question is uh, that I have I, I love asking people who own businesses this question because this is something that I always think is really a cool like thought, and I know like when I come up with ideas, I always have the struggle with this. What made you decide to dis, uh to name the company Warfare Inc? Uh, I, honestly, that was just off of a that was just like on a whim. I didn't even, there really was no thinking about it. Uh, was it? I started the company probably back in 2012 originally. Oh, cool. So you've had it for, for like six years? Now. Six years, yeah. Let's say I own the name for six years. Uh, so how long, how long has that actual it, company been up and running, though? Well, here's the thing. We had a hiatus. Uh, uh, I actually had a fire at one point when I was running it out of one of my last apartments. Oh, shit. And everything just got destroyed. Oh, wow. And my insurance company, I thought I had two policies, one for personal and one for business. So I figured everything would, at least a huge chunk of it would be covered. And they were like, no, this is the total. And oh. it didn't even cover like a third of my losses, like even personal. Man. Damn. I love so, insurance companies. <laughs> the best. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. So you literally had to start from the ground up for a second time. Yeah, basically, and even then, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get back into it because I really wasn't running the company right the first time. Um, the way I was doing it, it was like, you know what, I'm going to sponsor all these fighters. I was digging into the fight game. You know, I had a name going on the East Coast, uh, so a lot of people knew me, and I just figured, you know what, maybe this would just be the easiest way to go, and I'm just going to sponsor everybody, pay everybody, and I'm just going to make boatloads of money, and that was not the fucking case at all. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, you, so you were... So you... I, I mean... 
So you're so you were uh, so you're still in the sport then? Like you did MMA and all that stuff too? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, right now, I mean, as far as now goes, I mean, I, had, I suffered an injury, so I really can't. No athletic commissioner will give me my fight license. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in the game. I still train. I box every week. I'll, I'll still spar. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, I've, that's the one thing I've noticed with this sport is no matter how long you leave the sport, whether it's from injury, you just decide to do it, or you know, a lot of fighters find other passions and stuff like that. Every fighter I've known still trains as if they have a fight in like two weeks. It's that muscle memory. Yep. Yeah, it's just like it's just that worth that thing. Did you mm-hmm. ever wrestle in high school? You just can't get away, you can't get away from it. Oh yeah. It's addicting. Like I, the adrenaline rush every day is just addicting. Oh man! As soon as I got back on the mat and 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 I, you know, I I the last couple of years I like decided like just to, to focus on lip wait uh, like weightlifting and all that stuff, and I just get bored. I that's when it, for me, it's like there's nothing awesome than having the knowledge that okay, this guy's trying to choke me out with everything that he has. It's that adrenaline. It's that that whole like chest mental game. That's my. That's why I yep. always come back to it. I, when I think of working out, I'm like, I, I just, I drills and someone trying to beat the fuck out of me is like my ideal training day. <laughs> <laughs> like even now when I train now, I mean, I do everything on my own, uh, my own time and my own terms. Like everything is like, I'll do personal lessons. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't go in for the whole team thing. I don't want to crowd around me, anything anymore. I just go, and I just do it just to put continuously just push myself yeah that's that's say that's well and plus like i mean when you're in the ring or like when you're on the mat it's just you and that one other person like yeah in practice you're a team but when you know it comes game time it's just you and that one other person yeah so exactly it's we were treated in high school during wrestling it was in it you know we also you know we had um matches where it would be a school versus school so when we'd have meets it would be like a more team eth- team mentality. It's like, all right, accumulated points. You know, there are shitty times where it's like, hey, Nick, I hate to put this pressure on you, but you have to pin this guy for us to win. So go for a pin instead of just yeah. for a win. But like we were exactly. always we were always treated as a team. I mean, you do that in jujitsu competitions too. If you and you know some of your other teammates are in the same weight class, you end up doing the same thing there. Oh yeah, I've had a um, I've I've had I've had situations where I've gone against my teammate and we're in the same weight class. And it gets to the point to where you have that honest conversation, which is, it's obviously this person's better than you, and you guys are gonna roll. Whoever advances for team point wise, it'd be better if this person advances. And so I've exactly. had those, I've had that happen where my buddy Josh and I were in the same weight class, and it came down to where it was like Josh is overall better than I am. He'll do better against this guy if he wins. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to essentially not throw the match because we wrestled, but. I, I kind of let him win, and you know, and it's yeah. not like it's not like I like rolled over. Like we ro- we we were going at it, and I won some rounds, but um, eventually he won because he was the better wrestler. And that's kind of some of the decisions you have to make as a team. That's yeah. Oh, hundred percent agreed. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent agreed. I mean, I remember one time doing a jujitsu tournament in uh in New York. It was uh the Henzo Gracie Invitational. Ooh, damn. And I had one of my other teammates was in it. We were all. Uh, in the same weight class. I remember we were getting into the semifinals. Me and him were both advancing. And I go up against this guy, and I completely tore my ankle the night before. Oh, shit. So, and I did something I never used to do in any competition was I was going to pull guard. Mm 
I'm like, all right, now's the time to try it. It's going to be now because I couldn't shoot off my leg. So I shoot, get the guy in my, or I pull guard, get him in guard. We kind of really didn't work out to my advantage, but I ended up breaking the guy's, his finger got caught inside my knee and my rash guard. Oh. And I went to go snap his grip and you two of his fingers his finger. ended up snapping and breaking. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. What's this, what's and I this? get up, we get up. The guy ends up be the guy ended up winning by a point. So now he's going to the finals against my teammate. And I just looked over I'll never forget it. I looked over at Jose. I was like, listen, he's got one fucking hand. If you fucking lose, <laughs> you're an asshole. If you can't beat him with one hand, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like <laughs> like the guy's sitting there curled over in a corner with his girlfriend. His girlfriend's trying to bring him ice packs. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I didn't even realize that it had happened. I'm like, I'm walking by. And uh, I looked down, and he's like, my fingers are broken. I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I'm like, well, you won. So yeah, yeah. Took the bad with the good at that point. Jesus. Uh, was this gi or no gi? This was a gi tournament. Oh, okay, okay. I was and, I, and I barely ever did. It was, it was like my first and only gi tournament I've ever done. Yeah, I was going to say, if it was and no gi and he grabbed your rash guard, he deserved to have his fingers broken. Yeah. <laughs> I just... But yeah, that was a. Normally, I, I prefer no gi. More comfortable that way. Yeah, but, I like uh, the yeah, I like was... I like the no gi also. It uh it lets me kind of more use my wrestling background where gi. Uh, you, yeah. get, you get cross collars and stuff like that, and you, and all of a sudden you, all my shots are are gone. I bone can't... arrow chokes. You're getting. Oh. <laughs> I hate the bone arrow choke. I I feel like such a freaking rookie. I feel like a fish when I get caught in a bone arrow because it's like. I you feel, know it's coming. I feel like a rookie not knowing that, not knowing what the hell you're talking Dick, about. You have no idea what's going I, on. Oh my God. I have no idea what's this going on This is the first right episode where I'm actually talking about a sport. Like, you're, you're talking about a sport, and I'm just fucking clueless right Nick's now. Nick's over here thinking we probably use real bow and arrows in, on the mat. He's like, what I mean, the fuck that, are you talking be, about? I'm, I'm blonde. I'm not Cowboys stupid. and Indians, you know? Fucker. Baseball grip? God. No? Okay. No. Uh, base, baseball chokes. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Still don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I See, I always thought it would be funny. I always, you know, that's one thing is I would love to see Nick go on the mat, and I want I want to see if, Dude, if, I, if I could to, do it. I used to wrestle. You know I that, know, right? but I want. I know, but with this weight difference, I wonder if I could take you. See, I would play dirty. No, I, I would, too. It's so. It's I would pull like, a fat man single on you. Dude, there's so plenty tough. of ways to play would, dirty in jiu-jitsu also, man. What's that? Plenty of ways to go dirty with it. Oh. I'll jump on you like Probably a spider. Probably more than wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, as far as dirty wrestling goes, what do you guys do? The credit card swipe, shit like that? Check the oil. <laughs> yeah, check the oil. No, see, my uh, my move in high school was the uh, the bear hug. Just squeeze the shit out of the guy. Oh, I do that in, <laughs> I do that in jiu-jitsu now. I'll, like, I'll, I'll snap someone, and I just grab them, and I just squeeze as hard as I can. No, and see, I would do it to where I would take that uh, your, your knuckle? The, the thumb knuckle and just dig it into the middle of his back. And uh. <laughs> dude has no choice but to just kind of crumble. I used to, uh, I flip guys onto their back and I would take my chin and I put them right in their stern, right in the middle of their chest. And I would drill it in there. I go left and right really hard. And that is the most annoying thing. And actually one thing I was taught from this other guy uh, a month ago was, uh, the, the trick where you have a guy on his back, you drive their knee on their chest and it makes them prop their arms up to grab your knee and you can, that's true. It's it's a natural yeah, reaction at that point. Yeah. Reach around, yeah. 
That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I gotta try that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing like the sport of like MMA, like in, like training in oh, general? Man. How'd you get into it? I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I, I told you. That's how I, I got bored. into powerlifting. Oh, I was bored. I don't, I don't have anything to do. Let me, like, let me go fight people. <laughs> yeah, nah. You know what? In Jersey, man. I mean, especially the area I grew up in. We, me, my friend, we all grew up fighting. Fighting was like a weekend thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as I got older, I mean, I started getting into a little bit of trouble uh, doing some stupid things in my early twenties, and. No, uh, I just one day I bought. I started off doing Muay Thai first, hmm. and then uh, just kind of snowballed into MMA, and I ended up on one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I was training with monsters. Once I left, once I left the Muay Thai gym, this is how I really, really got into MMA. Was after season seven, the Ultimate Fighter. Oh wait, who coached uh, that season? Huh? Who coached season seven? Uh, Forrest Griffin and Rampage. Oh, yes. God. I love That's that season. Right. I have, uh, I actually have on DVD, uh, the, his, like, Forrest Griffin, like, right after he retired, he had a DVD put out, which is, like, his, like, biography on how he went from Ultimate Fighter up into fighting his last fight with, um, <laughs> Tito Ortiz. And I remember obsessively watching that. Forrest Griffin's my favorite UFC fighter of all time, hands down, my favorite. <laughs> Wait, so were you on the show? No, 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 no I wasn't on it. Oh, okay, no. I was like, what um, the fuck? It was right after that season. Uh, literally, as the season came to an end, uh, I was in a gym lifting. And uh, I was, uh, I got done lifting, and they had a tie bag and a speed bag and everything set up. So I was just getting like a few rounds in just to, just to mess around and keep the blood flowing. So I was just throwing some leg kicks on the tie bag. And, uh... I hear a voice behind me saying, the way you keep throwing them, you're going to break somebody's leg. And I turned around, and it did look familiar, and I couldn't figure out where I knew him from. It just came off the show, and it was uh, Dante Rivera. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we started talking, and he was trying to get me to come to where he trained out of. And at the time, uh, it was Ricardo Almeida's. At the time, Ricardo was, you know, top middleweight in the world. Oh, yeah. So... He kept trying to get me over there, and I had, like, a loyalty thing at the time mm-hmm. uh, with my gym and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, like, I'm big on loyalty. You know, these guys are trying to help me. And I would see him all the time. After that, I'd literally seen that guy at least four times a week after that. <laughs> so a few weeks go by, my coach at the time called me into his office, and he said, you hit a plateau, you're not getting any better here. Ooh. I said, oh, okay, so you're going to just make my decision for me. You're going to basically um, me out. So then, uh, so then uh, I seen like Dante like the next night. And I'm like, you know what, dude, love to come check out the gym. He's like, I was gonna be there next morning, 10 a.m., whatever, whatever time it was. So I get there. I'm like first one in the parking lot. Never knew that you know Brazilians have their own time. They all run late. Every oh. single one of them, they run late. They all do. Oh yeah. So. I'm the first one in the park, and I'm, I must have dozed off, and then somebody tapped me on the window, so I walked in, and uh, now everybody starts showing up, so I'm in there with Ricardo, then, um, then I see Frankie Yeager come walking through the door, Chris Ligori, Holy shit. Who, who was the main stable in Jersey, um, 
a lot of monsters oh just start God. walking through you, the door. You were literally forced to just have to like nut up or shut up. Basically, yeah. That's my favorite. I love finding the guy who's like the best and being like, "You're my training partner," and I know you oh, just yeah. you just get worked constantly. But for some reason, like you just get freaking just whooped, boom, 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 and you're like, "Oh God, I, am I even am I even made for this sport? I'm doing so shitty." And then you go get someone who's your same level, and all of a sudden you just work them. You're like, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Do, why don't you know all this stuff?" And then that's when you realize, "Oh, I'm actually getting really better, and just not up to their level yet." Yeah. yeah, that's basically what happens. So I'm in there. I see, you know, I I just start seeing all the, especially at that time period. This was when. Frankie was preparing to fight Sean Shirt. So this is, I can't believe I remember these dates. So it was building up to UFC 98. Okay. Because that's when he fought Sean Shirt. Yeah. So this is way before he was champ, before he beat BJ Penn. So I start seeing, you know, so you got to figure you got all those Jersey monsters that were coming out at that time. We had Nick Catone uh, before he retired. Um, just a lot of people were coming in. So I'm like, all right. And I see all the superstars and everything. And I'm like, all right, this is, if I'm going to train, if I want to take this serious, this is the place I need to be at. Practice got over. They just made me sit on a bench and watch and make sure I really, really wanted to do it. So I'm like, I walked over to Ricardo. I'm like, give me the contract. I'll sign right now. I signed up right then and there. It turns out. So I wasn't allowed to spar for a while. Yeah. Um, because I had no jujitsu training in a gi. And they're, you know, they're really big on that. And normally they have like rules to it that, you know, you got to be a blue belt before you're allowed to even step on a mat with any of the guys for the fight team. And the fight team was closed off to the public. Like nobody knew when we actually had our practice. Yeah. It wasn't open. There was no open door policy for it. So I think after about two months like I, I was just getting a craving I needed to get punched in the face like it was bad so <laughs> I, I walked that. over to Dante like I just got in, I think like after like a couple months like I had a bunch of you know I had a few stripes on my first belt and I was like Dante I was like I gotta come into training I was like I have to, I have to punch somebody somebody has to punch me whatever the fuck it is I was like I need it to happen <laughs> I was like if you can make it happen let's do it so he goes uh, I guess he had to talk with Ricardo. Ricardo gave him the okay. Boom. That following week, I'm in there. So let me tell you about my first sparring session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so there, there was, they, at one point, they were dependent on a day. Like, sometimes they put the amateurs on one side and the pros on the other, or... Another day it would be like by weight classes, so it would be like 170 and under on one side and anything above on the other, stuff like that. And I've never, it was the first time I ever sparred Frankie Egger. Ooh, you sparred with Frankie Egger? That's pretty badass. First time I, he's the only person ever dropped me. Ooh, holy shit. My man called me with a liver shot. I never got hit with a liver shot in my life before. Yeah, you, you know what happens, Nick, when you get hit in the liver? You crumble. Yeah. Your body folds. You crumble. I just kind of fell into the wall. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I just fell into the wall. See, at that I'm point, like, you damn. should just be going, I just got liver shot by Frankie Edgar. 
fucking sweet. It was like Frankie's like maybe second time meeting me. And he comes up to me after practice. I'll never forget this. He comes up and he's like, yo, man, my bad. I was like, for what? Like, we were all walking out the door. We were leaving. I was like, for what? He goes, fucking your ribs up like that. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of your oh, book. God, I got a liver shot by Frankie Edgar. Right, there you go. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, Frankie goes on. He uh, beat Sean Shirt. You know, I think his next fight was BJ Penn after that. And, you know, once he became champion, everybody wanted to come to the gym and train. You know, we had people coming from all around the world to come train. People coming from Brazil, uh, you know, uh, who came in. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. A few of them moved here. So, like, Edson Barbosa and Marlon Marais, they moved here. Oh, wow. They, they both live in Jersey. Uh, did he, After he won, did he stay at the same gym, or did Frankie move different gyms? No, Frankie, we're all part of the same Hanzo Gracie flag. Nice. So we have like a couple different locations. So like Nick Catone's gym um, is a big gym, a great facility. Yeah. Um, he's actually building a new one now. That's actually going to have like dorms and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, that's sick. Uh, we still got Ric- we still got Ricardo's. Everybody still goes there. Yeah, I met um, a uh, I met a guy. You know, then, then you got Henzo's. Then you got Henzo's main headquarters in the city. You know where you got the whole Donahurt Death Squad that goes in there. Yeah. You know, you follow jujitsu, you know who they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's uh, um, that's that's sick. Like, having, like, I met a guy who runs, um, he's, like, one of the, like, a head coach over at, uh, we have a couple of Clark Gracie gyms uh, in La Jolla okay. near where we work, and there's one up the street from us, and I met this guy at my, uh, at the bar, and um, we were just talking, and I can't, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I'm, he mentioned something about jujitsu, like, casually, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I just started getting back into it, and started training and all of a sudden he like became obsessed like every time he came in he showed me all these videos of techniques for like fixing problems that i had and he i saw him last yeah. time uh ran into him out out and about and he bought a drink and we were talking and um he was like dude he goes if you ever want to come train you let me know here's my number I'll, I'll take you in and like i'm same thing with you like i already have another gym that i train at uh i really like the guys there and i don't want to leave because i like their 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 sense of family and their sense of community Plus, yeah. it's, it's you know I'm not looking to go and uh, become a you know I'm not I'm not I'm not training for anything major. I'm just right now I'm doing it for just health and just for just to get like just get choked out. Like same thing like yeah, with your with, you. with your need of getting punched in the face. I just I get this desire of just like I just I just I want to get fucked up. Like I want someone to beat the crap out of me. It's just like hey, it's you just, don't feel alive. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> you feel like you did like I love coming home bruises I, I i like i love when i walk up and my girlfriend's like how was practice and i'm like i got the shit beat out of me and i can't move right now this sounds like a weird version of like dominatrix type shit no it's nothing like that <laughs> i'm not i'm not having feet, i'm not having feet put in my face i'm not have, i mean you kind of are though i mean they're black keys they're not black leather listen jujitsu will teach you about injuries you never knew you had before shit. oh yeah oh i uh i got we were doing uh man what were we doing we were doing a takedown I can't remember what it was, but I was rolling with this blue belt, which I was shocked that he did this. And we were doing, oh, we were doing uh, duck unders, and he okay. was like, he was like, I don't really know how to do duck unders. And when I roll with like blue and sometimes even purple belts, they're pretty good at pulling guard and taking me down. But if it was no gi, yeah. then they have a really tough time just even shooting on me because I just sprawl or I know they how to less, de- yeah, defend. They, they have less chance of even. They have less 
options for a grip. Yeah. Oh, when I see guys and they're like, they start sitting down, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, stand up. We're going to go from standing because <laughs> that's the only advantage I have. Yeah. And, uh, and he, so he did a duck under and he swept swept my legs and but he did it in a i don't know how he did it but he did it in a weird way where my legs stayed there but my body came down and my knee clicked and luckily <clears throat> luckily we both noticed it before so he let me go right away and uh, i didn't get injured or anything but i could have like when that split second i thought awesome I'm getting my knee ripped in half right about now yep yep there goes your acl right away yeah but white belts like i'm a white belt but like i don't um i, I know i'd rather train with blue and purple belts because they always let me work on stuff so they can learn how to escape, and then they give me harder things to work on. Where when I train yeah. with white belts, they like they throw like really fast arm bars, and I'm always like, "Fuck, you're gonna rip my arm off!" And like I, I just like um, I just I, I work with white belts that don't really have much experience, and they come at me way too aggressive. Like one time, this one white belt like hit me in the face a little too hard, and I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Oh, yeah. I'm like, "You're gonna piss me off," and then I'm gonna be really hard on you. And I don't want to be hard on you. I'm not saying like I'm way better than he is, but I, I know the game. Like I have a little bit more experience with with being aggressive if I have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what it is, especially when you get some of the white belts. Um, they'll see how the black belts or the brown belts will roll and see how hard they're going. And they expect themselves to be going that hard. and They really shouldn't. No. You know, I mean, even me, when I was a white belt, we were, uh, and up the blue belt. I mean, I actually preferred to roll with the black belts or the brown belts. Mm -hmm. That's just me. But I think it's the level of um, the confidence and the skill level with who you're going against. So, like, how you just explained how you, as a white belt, you prefer to go with, like, the blues or the purples because they'll work on their escapes and give you shit to work on and stuff like that. If you're rolling with the right black belt, they do the same exact thing, just a lot better. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, perfect example, I think, would be he's probably the most respectful dude in, in jiu-jitsu is Tom DeBlass. Mm -hmm. um, me and him rolled, you know, so many times, so, so many times. No gi, when he was getting ready and preparing and just getting into MMA at the time. And, uh, you know, he, he was the same way. He was one of my favorite people to roll with because he'll put me in a position and he'll might or might not leave an opening just to see if I catch it or and stuff like that. Me and him, you know, we would be able to roll, you know, five, ten minutes. And the whole thing would just be a learning experience with, yeah. with a guy like him. You just get that fluid motion of just like you, you get on top and then you guys roll and then it transitions and escapes and then you just have like this flow of just like practicing exactly. different moves. And I really think it has to do with the confidence and their skill level when oh, you yeah. start to roll with somebody like that. Especially black belts, they um, they're the they're the funniest because they'll just be like, "Hey, you know, if you grab this collar, you know, you can start choking me out, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah exactly. of course I knew that, <laughs> but I didn't." Yeah, they're baiting you. I mean, and I mean, it's not, just like every other sport. Man, there's also assholes. I mean, I've met some black belts that were complete jerk offs. Oh yeah, um, I I've met black belts that. I've, I've actually physically called out because I don't believe in what they say or anything that they do. Yeah. They, I don't believe they're as tough or as good as they think they are. Um, I believe as a black belt, you should be able to roll with your students. A hundred percent. I remember going to this one place and uh, the guy made himself seem like he was like Henzo's best friend. I, I had just moved back up in North Jersey 
And so I needed a place to, that I just wanted to roll out of. So this guy reached out to me, and he made it seem like he was one of Henzo's best friends, everything else, and it was complete bullshit. Um, after I'd already signed, you know, a six-month contract or something like that. So I was trying to get out of it, and but I would still show up every so often because he, he was having uh, a lot of seminars were going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I kept catching on to was that this dude, I never, ever, ever seen him roll with a single student which didn't make sense to me. Hmm. So then, like, one one time, I just walked into the school. He knew I was on my way out the door. And I was like, why don't me and you roll? He goes, what? I was like, me and you, come on. I was like, we'll roll. I was like, we'll even do a gig. I was like, I'll go throw a gig on. <laughs> and called him out. he was just, like, in such shock and awe because no student... I mean, as a student of a school, I mean, you really shouldn't call somebody out. It's, it's really a dickhead move on my part. Yeah, you but always want to ask. I knew the guy was complete bullshit. Like, I've never seen you roll. You claim to have so many, you know, so much respect in the community and your accolades and everything. Like, I think it's all complete bullshit. And I'm not a person that's going to sit there and keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so he refused. I tried again the next day. He refused. And he just kept saying, like, I wasn't ready. And I'm like, like, I roll with the best guys in the world. Don't tell me I'm not ready for you. Like, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're full of shit. So needless to say that the last time I called him out was my last night there. Oh, shit. So, and, so, uh, it, ne- so it never happened. off the contract. <laughs> so, you never, so you never got to roll with him? No. Nah. No. Uh, Do you ever watch those videos um, when, when, when real black belts call out other black belts? Like when, um, oh, yeah, I fucking love it. Oh, those there's, videos are... There's so many bullshit schools out there still. Oh, I, oh, I, I absolutely love it. There's this one. I can't remember what it was. This guy is a real black belt. He goes to this guy's gym, and he claims to have trained with all these people, and then he's a black belt. And he went to his show, and he realized that he's showing them all these like wrong techniques, and all these people are falling for it. And he calls him on. He goes, let's roll. Let's roll, blah, 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 blah. And the guy goes, no, you can leave. And he goes, no, this is bullshit. You're, you're, you're teaching these people the wrong thing. And, and it, it yep. was really funny because you all of a sudden see them climb up. Yeah. Oh, shit. And the best is when they do roll with someone else and the real black belt just fucks them up. You're like, <laughs> yes, justice is served. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the most entertaining thing in the world because here is somebody – you got to remember, these same people, they're technically, they're thieves. They're robbing all these people and these kids of their money because they're not being taught the right shit. You pay your dues in that sport. Oh, yeah. You know, the average it takes to get a black belt in jiu-jitsu is 10 years. Oh, a minimum. Of, at least a minimum of 10 years. I met a kid who was a black belt, and I asked him how long he's been training. And he's about, about 11 years, and I found out that he got his black belt uh, that uh, last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I've known guys that it's taken up to 20 because, you know, they have time on and off, on and off again due to, you know, whatever personal situations. Yeah. But they never gave up. And eventually, you know, they got it after 20 years. Hey. So when you get these guys that are just assholes and stealing these people's money, I mean, eventually karma is going to catch up to them. Oh, yeah. Especially when you realize that that's not how you do an armbar. <laughs> Which you learn arm bars exactly. as a white belt. Like, as a blue belt, you should yeah. be able to get an arm bar from any position your coach calls you out on. Like, do it an arm bar from here, do an arm bar from there. 
See, I just use my intimidation yeah, I mean, factor. an arm bar is the first joint lock you learn. Yeah. I remember I uh, the one thing I uh, I was taught early on, and I don't know why this is the only this is the only like like lock that I I, I, I can do effectively as a white belt, and I do it on other white belts, and they immediately like tap out, and it's I only do it when I go against guys that I know beat me normally. Is um I don't know why it's still stuck in my head, but uh, ankle locks. I don't know why. I did a seminar one time, and that's the one move that I practice for like one week straight and I'll, all of a sudden that's the only one that i can do every single time and i remember it perfectly every other one takes me a second to remember how to do it but for that one i can just like throw because i got tired of people You're talking about like a, just a straight ankle lock yeah okay and and like variations from like if they try to roll out of it you roll with them and such so i don't know why it's just a quick little thing because like people try to pull guard and throw their legs around me and as soon as their ankle gets near my arm i just snatch it up yeah just yeah just pick it right up and you fall back and I started doing that. that and, it's, it's easy. Oh, yeah. Especially I roll with a couple of guys that are like 6'2", and they're really tall. So when they get their Long arms around me, it's, <laughs> they're like snakes. But as soon as I grab their legs, it's like, haha, being short isn't isn't, isn't yeah, a problem. exactly. So I had, I had one really important question to ask you. <laughs> sure. Do you believe in GTL? In what? GTL? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I told Nick, I was like, Nick, I had... I was like, Nick, I have one like really important. One of, well, I'm sorry. One of them is from Jersey. One of them. J only one I of them? I have a whole cast. One of them is from Jersey. Which, oh, really? Which, which one? one? Situation. Uh, and oh, and he's having the most issues right now. <laughs> Yo, we got a situation. Well, here, here, here's another fun thing. Here's a fun Jersey fact for you guys. Um, I don't know if second season or third season of that show. Yeah. They actually walked into an MMA gym. Did they really? They never aired it. They never aired it. Huh. We I'll... steamrolled the shit out of all of them. Oh, did you really? Dude, they did not last a second. They had no idea what the fuck that was going on. so they sick. They knew it was the biggest mistake of their lives. That's they, awesome. That yeah. was it. That shit they didn't even air. It was so embarrassing. It should have, because that entire, in my opinion, I think that entire show, it, it's a train wreck, but... You can't look away. Well, it's MTV. It's MTV. That's true. But they don't even play music yeah, anymore, I'll, so it shouldn't be called MTV. The only reason why I know this is because my girlfriend uh, just rewatched the entire Jersey Shore series, and so I yeah, got re so did mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I got reacquainted with GTL Jim Tan Laundry. See, my my fiance, yeah, no. she, she's like, stop watching that. You're gonna lose the last few brain cells that you already have. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, bro. Those, like I said, none of them, uh, what is it? Vinny's, like, from Staten Island. I'm trying to think. Yeah, most Actually, of them I'm are sorry, from Dean New York, from aren't they? Too. Dean is from Jersey also. Uh, yeah, the rest of them are all from, like, New York. Uh, Paulie D's from, like, Rhode Island. Oh, shit. <laughs> Freaking poses. Yeah, like, like, it's not, it's not what everybody thinks. Granted, yeah. at the time when that show first came out, how the, like, that, very first season, all the partying in the clubs in that one town in Jersey, that's really how it is. Is it really? Just in that one town, but it's such a, but that city is just such a shithole. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, none of us, like, we could, we'll go to the clubs, we don't want to stay there. You'll go for like 10, 15 minutes and that's about it. Like, you, you definitely don't, like, especially as an adult, maybe in my younger years, like, me and my friends used to do, go to that shore town like in high school and we used to party down there 
once you get into like your mid twenties and your adult years, you don't want to stay at those hotels. It's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, who would have thought that today we'd get the real insight, the real <laughs> right? behind the scenes. So with that show, like, do you guys, like, um, did people, like, like real authentic people from Jersey, did you go, like, this show's a fucking joke? Well, you know what it was? Uh, a lot of us got a lot of laughs at it because in the backgrounds, in a lot of those episodes, especially in the beginning, like, we would see our friends. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, oh, there's this motherfucker. Oh, that guy's fucking up. Oh, that's Mike. What's Mike doing on this goddamn show? And I'm like, all of them. Yeah, that's I know. Awesome. Hey, yeah, they went on one Friday night. Now he's on fucking TV. Look at him, superstar over there. Oh shit, that's the best. I mean, like the first couple efforts, like maybe first season or two. I mean, it was kind of entertaining, uh, but that's really not what Jersey's about at all. No, I know. It's probably the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, I figured as much. They they just they just want to show that one portion because it appeals to you know the quote unquote younger crowd. Oh yeah. Yeah, and after nine, all that partying in that town is only done in two months out of the year. <laughs> after those two months, nobody's there. That that city becomes a complete ghost town. It's nothing but, but it's literally filled with just crackheads. Whoa, sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you start seeing needles walking, you're walking around, you see needles on the beach and shit like that. It's fucking disgusting. Holy damn! Yeah, that. Yeah. I want to go to visit yeah. the East Coast. Do you want to That's visit? GTL the... for you guys. Well, I, I I got a cousin that lives in New York, so I mean, I have family that lives in New York what too. What part of New York? Uh, Soho. Oh, in the city. Yeah. Oh, I could basically see Soho from my backyard. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's cool. <laughs> I have uh, I have cousins that live on Rhode Island, but uh, they're like uh, distant, distant cousins. I only saw them uh, when I was like when we go visit like extended family when I was a kid. Other than that, though, uh, the closest to family on that side of the country is I have family on, um, like, by, uh, why, am I, why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, in Florida. All right. <laughs> but other than that, though, I, East Coast is, is something I want to do for sure, like, yeah. in the next, like, couple years. Yeah. My, my fiance... Oh, man, you got, there's so much shit on the East Coast, bro. There's so much out here. My fiance like, has been as far to New York. The West Coast, the most I've ever been to. Like I've been to Seattle, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, I would love to go back there now. Oh yeah, uh, that's, that's on my list too. Nah, I've been to Vegas, obviously. I mean, well, that's, who, who hasn't? Been that's who a hasn't? Show. Like I have a, that's, you know, like everyone and their grandmothers has been to Vegas. Yeah, I mean it's a shit show. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas in uh, in July for my brother's wedding. Dude, it's, gonna, uh, it's, it's gonna be hot as hell in July. For, yeah, it I is. Went there for a bachelor party. Who? Vegas. Yeah. That, that was a fun. That was a fun week. <laughs> fun week. <laughs> yeah, we were there for a whole week. Oh shit! Bringing GTL we didn't realize to that LV. You, when you go to Vegas, you really should only go for like three days tops. Uh, yeah. We were, we were there basically the whole week. Jesus. Now my my uh, my fiance has been in New York and she wants to she keeps saying that she wants to live there. I was like, really? Are you are you gonna pay for it? Because <laughs> that's well, just not that's just not cheap. The way New cheap. York is going right now, the boroughs surrounding New York are starting to get more expensive than New York itself. Oh shit! Really? So like parts of Brooklyn right now are ridiculously sky high. Jesus. There's part you know Long Island. It's not one of the boroughs. Um, but Long Island, I mean, there's some really expensive parts on Long Island. Um, 
as far as living in the city, I mean, I live right over the river. Like, like I said, I walk out into my backyard, I can see the city skyline. And I would love to live in the city, at least for a year, just to give it a shot. Yeah. It's not, it's not as expensive, and I thought about it thoroughly. It's not as expensive as you would really, really think it is. Because the necessities that you have in life now, you don't need in the city. So you don't need a car, so you don't need car insurance. Boom, there's, there's the difference in rent. That, that, that saves you about 400 to 500 bucks a month right there. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. There's, there's your difference. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see people and talk about people, um, like my older brother, his ex-girlfriend moved from New York. And when she came to California, like within the first month, she goes, I have to buy my first car. And I was like, you never owned a car before? She goes, I haven't used never. a car in like 10 years. Like if you're in New York, you walk or you ride your bike or you just Uber or you taxi or whatever, like or take the train. There's so many ways yeah. of just getting around. You don't even need a car. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. Can't even fit a car in New York. <laughs> oh, hey, Jimmy, I actually had a pretty good question. I know we're getting off of, you know, let's get off the real estate subject. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, I actually was wondering, so you started the company with MMA fighting, fighters and everything yeah. like that. How did you branch <laughs> out to, because you said that you had some bodybuilding buddies and now you got me and Frank who are the powerlifters. Yeah. So how did you, like, branch out? Well, what I did was, um, so after the fire, I just thought the company was on. I'm never going to bring it back, whatever. Right. I just, you know, and I went about, you know, living my life, doing whatever I wanted. And um, I got a phone call from my mother, actually, and told me to look into this one company. And it turned out to be like a friend of the family's son's company. And the kid was just like blew up. It was a clothing line. And it turns out they had been talking, I guess, amongst themselves or whatever. And he, he was saying like, you should tell your son to bring it back just because of the name. He owns the, he owns the rights to the name. You should bring it back. The, the name is everything. So my mom called me and she was like, you know, would you ever think about bringing that company back? I said, yeah, you know, I'll put some capital together. Um, but if I do it, I'm going to do it the right way now. You know, I'm not going to sponsor all these fighters and dealing with those attitudes that I, you know, some of the guys would have. And so when I got into it, I started like thinking about it a little more. So like when you see my bodybuilders, you see like Zaid Hassan. Yeah. Now me and that kid actually grew up together. We're best friends. Huh. Um, so I started talking to him and I started getting his opinion and feedback and, you know, any of the gear or prototypes I would get, I would like toss it to him and I'm like, here, beat the shit out of this stuff and let me know what you think. And eventually, so then I branched out from there to bodybuilding. Then it went into, you know, just physical fitness and stuff like that. Everything except CrossFit. Thank God. And then, yeah, I, I could never, I could never. I think those guys are the biggest douches <laughs> just bad. But yeah they're, they're douchebags that's what they are they're douchebags yeah i love uh um, i love when i walk you know, by a crossfit gym and you hear blurring music and they all have the headbands and all this stuff and i'm like that's cute <laughs> it looks oh, like yeah. a bad I mean, I just, 80s workout video the, the guy doing whatever what do you call them butterflies yeah however they do their chin up and the guy almost snapped his freaking neck oh the uh the, the kipping oh i remember that yeah is that what that's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. He's like swinging, doing pull-ups, and he yep. freaking... Yeah, he like lost his head. grip and just completely flew back. 
and his neck almost landed on a barbell. Well, there goes his CrossFit career. Like, that's not working out. I'm sorry. You want to lift the weight, lift the weight. There like, move it. You oh, want to nice. be strong, you want to be chiseled, you want to be jacked or shredded, whatever it is. Weights are going to be what, what does it to you. I had some girl today in my class, uh, and I actually was in a text Nick this. She's, like, talking to another student about, like, fitness and about how she went to the gym. And she's talking about it, and she says something really weird, and I don't even know what her mindset was, but she goes, well, at the end of the day, weights are like, you know, they're just like, they're just objects. And I'm like, I looked at her, and I lean over, I go, yeah, they're objects that you pick the fuck up. Like, what are you trying to get at? Yeah, and if you put enough of them together on a bar, they're pretty goddamn hard to move. Yeah, she was like trying to say like, well, you know, weightlifting, weights are just an object. Like, they're not the sole Uh. thing. And I'm like, oh my God, you're... No, they're the necessities. That's what they are. I yep. can't. I can't stand these kids, and I bring it up all the time. I can't stand these, like, these, like this new generation of just like, well, it's not. Nothing is what it seems. I'm like, no, no, no. That's forty five pound plate. That that thing yep. is uh, forty five pounds. Yeah. I don't know. How, it's not an object. It's not like, oh, if I believe, I can just it will just move on its own. No, it, it takes muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So then, the uh, from a bodybuilding standpoint, I knew I wanted to branch out even more. Um, and I was actually talking to a buddy of mine that just moved to California and he does uh, strongman competitions and stuff like that. And I was just kind of getting the feedback from him, like how does that sport work? Because I really don't understand, you know, a lot of how the strongman competitions work and right. like what goes into their diets and training and stuff like that. Their diet is eat everything. Yeah, it literally is. It really is. Whatever's in front of you, you just eat it. So that's a diet I'm trying to get on, but with uh, jiu-jitsu, with jiu-jitsu, it sounds like the greatest diet in the world. I uh, know. More or less, that's what I, that's what I do now, for for the most part. That's nice. I'm about yeah, to. Uh, as far as powerlifting, yeah. 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 Today's my last day of. So uh, then, uh, my Panda Wednesdays I do after class, and then I gotta start eating. I, I just went to. I was telling, uh, selling that guy. I just went to farmers market. I got some green juice. I got like a bunch of like fresh produce and stuff like that because I gotta switch to, uh, eating nothing but healthy because I got Vegas in a couple months and I gotta. Gotta look good for the wedding. <laughs> Man, fuck it. Go to Vegas fat. Bit. No, because I'll be in photos fat forever. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I'm also getting my also getting my tattoo finished uh, in the next couple months, so I want to get shredded for that tattoo. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good point. I mean, it's a good reason to have. Yeah. I mean, I love tattoos. Me, my girl, we both love tattoos. She goes to the gym. She's, she throws weights around. Ooh. She's a tiny little thing. She lifts shit for fun? I mean, she does it the same shape. I mean, yeah. she's, she, she's a tiny one, man. She, she'll throw it around with the best of them. Yeah, I always think... I always she'll think keep up. I love seeing, like, tiny women at the gym, and I'm always like, oh, wow, I'm like, she didn't put some weight up, and I'm like, damn! <laughs> so I've seen some yeah, girls that are, like, sudden, smaller than me that bench more than me. You a couple hundred pounds, and you're like, the fuck? Yeah, Dude, like, where did that come from? It shocked the hell out of me when my fiance put up 315 like it was nothing on deadlift. Like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, I fucking quit. You did that for the first time ever. And you were, it was probably your proudest moment in your relationship. Oh, you goddamn right it was. <laughs> yeah, he called me. He's like, you're not going to believe what Saber just did. And I was like, what? He goes, she deadlift 315. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's more than what you can do. Uh-uh. No, you say that, but you never see me deadlift. I'm telling you, put three. I I can probably put up three fifteen. Probably she did. Yeah, I, I if she did it, I can do it. I'll do it. Nick Ooh. Nick Nick wants me to come out and do some heavy lifting with him, so we're gonna be planning and doing that soon, so I can see. Well, I, you got some wrist rats coming to you for you. 
Fuck yeah. That's exactly what I needed. I was just thinking <laughs> the other day as I was like benching, I was like, God dang, my wrists. They're so weak. <laughs> well, what it was was I was listening to one of your old podcasts and you were like, you know, if I had gear with me, it would like kind of force me to go to the gym more. Yeah. So I'm and- like, all right, well, I'm throwing this into the box for him. Like I'm doing it as I was listening to the podcast. <laughs> he's, he's just doing some recon, like listening, trying to figure out, okay, what can I send them? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, that's, I mean, I got some, I got like a whole fresh thing of supplements and everything like that. Cause my thing is like, if I have it, then it'll encourage me to go. Cause I don't want it just sitting there. So I got like protein and glutamine and all that stuff that help me. Um, and then I'll be doing, um, I like just now fit in like a schedule throughout my week. Like, okay, I can do it this time and this time and this time for at least an hour and a half. So I'm going to start going ham this week. There you go. Yeah. I got to do a heavy ass bench workout tonight. That's going to be fun. You know, I think I might go to the gym. <laughs> after I, night, man. I keep thinking like, I keep forgetting that there's a time schedule, uh, time change. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's like, shit. It's after eight for you right now, huh? Uh, yeah, man, it's quarter after eight. Damn. Damn. You guys still got sunlight. <laughs> and a lot of it. Not to rub it in, but we got a lot of it. <laughs> For at least not like two hours, and then we're... It's starting to get hot out here, though. Yeah, it's like getting, like, we went to the beach yesterday, it was nice. Nah, I'm, I'm dying for the weather to fucking change. It's not breaking over here at all. <laughs> well, this weekend is supposed to, finally. Well, you need to take a trip out here to, uh, San Diego. Yeah. For a little vacation next year. San Diego, man. You guys got some food spots I want to hit. Oh, oh the, like where? Um, you know what? I forget the names, but I've been watching a lot of it on TV. Okay, um, well, not, I mean, I'm real big. I'm real big into food. Number one place so, you gotta go for for a burger? Hodads. Hodads. It's uh, yeah. Hodads. Like oh, it, honestly, it, it, it's Guy's Fury's number one on drive-ins, dives, and diners or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. It'll basically it'll make you want to question your life because of how good it is. Hmm. <laughs> like if you, I'll, if you come there just, I'll come out there just for the burger. Yeah, if you come out here and don't get the burger, I'm like, what the fuck's the point of coming out here, like, Jimmy? You're, like you're, you're doing San Diego wrong yeah, at that you point. Get shit. <laughs> but like I know you guys got like, what is it like? Uh, supposedly like the fish tacos and everything else. Like there's supposed to be like a bunch of trucks and everything else. Oh yeah, there. yeah. Oscars, Oscars, uh, seafood, mess, best smoked tuna taco I've ever had in my life. Cool. Conversation's getting real interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. If you, if you, when you, if you come out here, uh, you let us know. We'll take you out some places and we'll, oh, yeah. we'll feed you. Oh yeah. Oh, you guys got to come to the city too. That's that's definitely got to happen. Ooh, we'll have to do a like, a, a trip. A, a power comedy podcast tour. <laughs> yeah, we have to do it to uh, to New York and we have to go to Japan. <laughs> we're not going to fucking Japan. I'm, we're not going to Japan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, we have a lot of listeners from Japan. That's why I was saying. Yeah, I heard that on one of your other podcasts. Yeah, we had one week, we were looking, and we had like 20 downloads in Japan in like the last couple of days, and we were like, that's kind of weird. Kind of weird, but kind of cool. Yeah, we had one in, I think the furthest country right now for this past week was Portugal. Someone downloaded our was it? episode from Portugal. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Huh. So, huh. Huh. We're, we're, uh, we're a worldwide sensation. <laughs> We've had France, <laughs> Japan, Australia. We've had Portugal. We've taken over. Hey, there you go. As long as, it, as, long as you see growth, man. That's, I mean, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Absolutely. That's actually probably the, 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 the one thing about this experience that I've actually really thought was really cool 
was I remember starting out with just like one episode and then only having like five or four downloads a week. And then a couple months later, it went up to 15 to 20. I remember being like, we broke 30 downloads. And then now we get like 50 to like 80 a week. And uh, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, we're like, you, you just you see the progress over. It's a slow progress, but you know, it's progress. Yeah, we, we've been doing this for almost seven, eight months. And it's like time went by fast and you didn't even think about it. And all of a sudden now we're almost at a minimum of like 100 downloads a week. Um, and it's like, whoa, like you can see the progress growing from just st like still doing it. And it's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And in <laughs> fact, today I finally had someone use your code. Really? For the first no time. shit. No shit. Yeah, Jersey too. So it's real simple for me. <laughs> nice. There nice. you go. Nice. Whoever used that code, if you're listening right now, thank you. And just remind you, you can use Power Comedy <laughs> at checkout. Barbarianclothing.com. <laughs> 10% off your entire purchase. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Jimmy. Well, this guy over here has got to get to work because he's got to be a grown-up and shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and trust me, I'm on almost two weeks straight of work, but it's, uh, it's good, though. I, I like to grind. I like, I like to keep stay busy. That's all that matters, bro. You just got to keep plugging. Yeah. Well, anyway, man, we really appreciate everything you've done for the podcast, and we appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and chat with us for, for a little while. No, no doubt, brother. Anytime, man. I'll come back on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely have you back oh, on. Definitely. We'll, we'll talk more about food. <laughs> there we go. That's what, <laughs> the whole episode will be dedicated to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whole, absolutely. We'll just talk about food from Jersey and food from California, and then we'll just decide a game plan on how we're going to tackle all this food. There you go. Works for me. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> all right, Jimmy. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you all soon, right, man. Guys. Take it easy. Thank you again all for, right, for all the gear, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you very right, much. Not, no doubt, man. You guys just keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you soon, my all friend. Right, Jimmy's fucking cool. Jimmy, that was fucking, that was, <laughs> dude. What the fuck? He fought, trained with Frankie Edgar. I know, right? I'm like, I'm, I didn't know that. I'm like fanboying over here because I'm like, oh, all these names that I know. I'm like, no way. But, all right, guys, we are going to call it a day, um, like Michael was saying, but giggling at the same time. <laughs> you can go on to warfareandclothing.com, use our code POWERCOMEDY at checkout to get 10% off the entire purchase. Entire purchase. It, all of it. Just the whole thing. All right, not, well, not part of it, but the, all of it. Entire thing. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for stopping by again. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Later. Later.